Hello, guys. Welcome to another edition of Lumia Sports. I'm your host, Demetrius Mason. Joined again by Owen Darnell Jones. What's up, guys? And joined again by Dom. Triple D's, what it do? All right, all right. And last night, we had a nice night of basketball. Seven games underway, so let's get right into it. Man, oh, man, for the story that just continues to get ugly out there. The Warriors beat the Cavs 129-98. Sexton tried to get 23 points, but, I mean, just nothing they could do. Garland, 6-20 out there. And for the Warriors, Curry, 36 points, plus 26 assists. Kelly Oubre at 14. Um, he was a plus 25, highest plus minus on the team. But maybe the more interesting thing that happened was Draymond Green very upset after the game, saying that there's a double standard between the teams and the players, saying the players need to be treated with the same respect as teams right after the Cavs said that they will not play Andre Drummond anymore. And he just stated some examples of, like, how people wanted to leave, like James Harden wanted to leave, and he got destroyed for that, um, how Kyrie Irving said he had mental health issues and people, you know, didn't really care about that. But if you say that you should leave or that someone else should leave, you get fined by the NBA. Um, Darnell, what are your thoughts on the game and those comments? So, all right, for the game, I think it simply came down to too much Golden State, too much Steph Curry. Golden State was running their normal flow. Their offense was clicking. For the Cavs, they were struggling. They couldn't, they couldn't get much rhythm. They had a few guys out. You know, obviously, no Andre Drummond, no Torian Prince, no Dylan Windler. They're still missing Kevin Love and Larry Nance. So, it, it's really going to be tough. They're playing G League guys like D. Wade, Lamar Stevens, guys on two-way deals. So, they're, they're not getting the full kind of complement of their roster right now. So, it's still early in the process for trying to integrate Jared Allen and trying to figure out how you want to play through him. There was a there was a one play where Jared Allen got frustrated with Colin Sexton right before halftime, and they kind of got into an argument on the floor. It was kind of a big thing on, the, on Twitter, so that was something that we have to watch and monitor going forward. But as far as Golden State, they do what they do, especially when Steph Curry has it going. Seven of 11 from three. It looked like he could have made 11 or more if he wanted to. He was 13 to 19 from the field with his 36. Draymond was doing normal Draymond Draymond thing things with 16 assists. And the Cavs had no answer. And as far as the comments, I think it is a double standard. But, I mean, it's, it's not nothing that's surprising. This is nothing that we didn't know. We know that anytime – ownerships and the organizations have all the power. They determine if a player should leave or if they should go. And, you know, the players, when they try to take the power in their own hands and try to make their own moves, the fans don't look at it the same. And it is a double standard, but it's nothing that's surprising because it's been part of the game. It's going to continue to be. Tom, what were your thoughts? I don't have much to say about the game. The Cavs suck. The Warriors are good. I mean, that's what it comes down to. But about the comments, it's something that I've been saying. I've been thinking for a long time. And it's just like, okay, so 
it really became like, you know, a conversation when, you know, LeBron left Cleveland the first time and went to Miami. Like when he let, when he went there, everybody was like, oh, he can't do it by himself. He had to go to a super team, blah, blah, blah. He had to form a super team with D Wade and all that. And Chris Bosh, blah, blah, blah. He couldn't do it by himself. So then the conversation opened up. And then the conversation really heightened when Durant went to Golden State. Cause then it was like, cause it was the same type of thing. It was like, oh, you're going out there. You broke the league, blah, 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 this, blah, 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 that. Like, bro, they just went where the fuck they wanted to go. I hate, I really always hated that shit. It's like, bro, let these dudes go where the fuck they want to go. It don't matter where the fuck they want to go. This is their free agency, and they can choose where the fuck they want to go. Like, everybody was talking about, oh, the league ruined now. There's no cop. Like, bro, in the fucking 1990s when the Bulls won every title, I ain't hear nobody cut. Well, I mean, I wasn't alive then, but, you know. <laughs> sure. hard to hear stuff. Huh? It's been hard to hear stuff. Yeah, exactly, but still. I'm sure it wasn't the same outrage of, oh, the league is ruined. Oh, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen ruining the league by, you know, being so good, bro. So it's the same thing. It's just like they they got drafted there and then Dennis Rodman went there and then, you know, they won extra titles and stuff like that because of that. So it's just like, bro, if the if the GMs are allowed to make great decisions and the busy, biggest example of it all, like in, in the, in the, in the uh, 2010s, is like the Isaiah Thomas Kyrie Irving trade. Isaiah went out there, played after his sister died, and everything like that. And you can tell how much Isaiah loved Boston, because like every time after he left, right after he left, every time they mentioned anything, they always had like when he was on Cleveland. How do you feel about Cleveland? You know, Cleveland nice and all, but it ain't Boston. Then he goes to the Lakers. How you feel about the Lakers? You know, L.A. nice and all, but it ain't Boston. Bro, I heard he still, this season, tried to go to Boston, and they didn't sign him. It's like his heart was really stuck in Boston, and they just straight traded the dude. And, you know, and similar with DeMar DeRozan, like, like, DeRozan, they, Masai Ujiri told DeRozan a week earlier, like, we're not trading you. And then, boom, they straight traded him for Kawhi. Like, did it work out for the franchise in the long run? Yeah, of course it did. They won a title. But it's just like, and then people overlook it. They're like, no, nah, it was just a good move. DeMar DeRozan sucks, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, bro, he signed that big-ass contract to stay there, and then they just straight traded him. Same thing with Blake. Like, Blake. You know, he signed that extension with the Clippers and then he straight got traded to, to fucking Detroit. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like these GMs can do whatever the fuck they want with the players. But then as soon as the players, you know, take matters into their own hands, Kevin Durant wants to go to Golden State because he likes the system because it's honestly the best system in NBA history with two of the best, with like the best superstar, like the most, I guess, easy to play with superstar NBA history. And we know what kind of player Durant is. He's a player that doesn't like the attention. He just goes out there and wants to play basketball. So people are on his ass for that. Same thing with LeBron literally just wanted to play with his best friend in Miami. And everybody was like, he a bitch. Like, 
fuck him. And I'm like, bro, y'all corny as hell. Let these people do what the fuck they want to do, man. So that's my opinion on Draymond comments, man. It's a complete double standard. And, man, if these teams are able to just get rid of niggas whenever they want to, man, if I want to go to the fucking Warriors or the fucking Heat, I'm going where the fuck I want to. Yeah, you sound like a baby. They sound like babies. But I will say this. All I'm going to say is, first off, yes, people were. Don't, don't let the documentary fool you. My dad was right there in the 90s. He was like, yeah, we hated the Bulls. It was boring. So it doesn't matter. Teammate, player made. People don't like dynasties until it's over. And then you look back on you're like, damn, that was great. You don't want to sit there and watch the same team win, whether the GM made it or whether the players made it. The thing that I'll say is, is yes, it's people. People are going to complain when players go and create super teams. Well, they did. I think that didn't happen this time with the Nets. I really don't. I don't know why it didn't happen because you know what? There's a new age of fans. The old school players were like, damn, we really had to stay because we were scared of the media. The new school of fans is like, you know what? Just do it. Like we were saying with Giannis, man, just do it. This shit boring. Do something to make it more interesting. And the Nets are highly more interesting. So you know what? If you want things to change, just do what you want to do. You're going to have naysayers. That's just the way it goes. But you can do literally what you want. Now, the one thing where Draymond is completely right about, um, and that it's definitely what I would say unfair, is the fact that the NBA fines players for saying like certain things. That's just not cool. Like The fact that he got fined $50,000 for saying, hey, free, free Devin Booker from Phoenix. That's not right. You know, the fact that people got fined $100,000 for saying, hey, I want to go here. Like he said, AD got fined $100,000 for saying he wanted to be traded. Like stuff like that, I agree with. But as far as, hey, man, look, you know, it's your career. You're going to have to deal with the heat. That's just the way it works, man. You're a public figure. Sorry. You pay millions of dollars. Sorry. And if you're good enough, you get to choose where you go. And if you choose, if you're good enough to choose where you go, people are going to have opinions on it. It's just the way it works. Man, the, and if you're the GM, not, and if you're not, you can always ask them to buy you out of your contract and then get paid less and go where you want, or you don't, and then someone has to take your overexpensive contract. Amen. The GMs get paid a good amount of money too, and much. when huh? Not as much, but go ahead. They don't get paid as much, but they still get a good, get paid millions of dollars the mm-hmm. same way, mm-hmm. and you feel me. If if they're just going to not be scrutinized when they do, you know, when they trade people who have shown clear loyalty to them, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like, it's, it's a complete double standard. Who's the GM of the Kings? I mean, I would say this. This is all it's I would say. That's Vlade. Eh? <laughs> not him. He got I'll, fired. Go ahead, Darnell. I will say this. If you're a GM, are you supposed to put emotions into the job and – honor a guy's loyalty or do what's best for the organization at the end of the day. And I think when you're employed by the organization, you have to do what's best for the organization, even though that might conflict with something like a DeMar DeRozan or Isaiah Thomas. But if you can clearly make an upgrade at the time for Kyrie Irving, don't you owe it to your fan base and to the organization to make that move? I just think there should be transparency involved with it. I don't think you should tell somebody we're not going to trade you and then trade the guy the next week 
<clears throat> you know, like that's that's what it is. Like you just straight lie, you just straight lying to the people. <clears throat> you are. But if you yeah, but, like that, you get a no trade clause. You can get one. Yeah, I agree with that point too. Most people can't, you know, can't request a no trade clause. That's like for the LeBrons and <clears throat> Carmelo had it, I believe. That's for like the higher end, like the highest of end players. But yeah. it's like, again, if 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 you have a conversation, you could at least say we're not, we we don't plan to trade you. But if an offer comes up that we can't refuse, then we'll do it. You can't just be like, no, we are not going to trade you, and then go <laughs> trade them. Man. You can't say that either, like. <clears throat> Because like it's like if you had a job and then your boss can say we're not going to fire you, but if something happens and they got to fire you, they get you know they're gonna fire you, like you know what I mean. Tell these coaches all the time, hey, we're gonna we're gonna keep you and then fire them. Tell GMs that all the time. It's wrong in all aspects. It can be wrong. Life's unfair. Life is not a fair thing. The only, the only thing that I'm going to say, again, is that the, the thing that I do think is wrong is the fact that you get fined for stating your opinion. Because if teams are allowed to say, hey, we're not going to play that dude because we're trading him, then you, you should have the right to say, hey, I want to go here or I want to go here. That I completely agree with Draymond on. As far as the public scrutiny, I don't. I'm sorry. You're, you're, it, it's a double-edged sword, but you knew – the sword you were getting. I mean, part of the reason, maybe even the biggest reason you want to be in the NBA is for the fame. It's for the money, but it's for the fame too. Like, and GMs, there was one GM in history who tried to be as famous as the players. He got killed for it every day. Jerry Krause tried to get his credit and be as famous as them players. And it was like, you're not, you don't deserve it. Shut up, sit down. Like, so I, I'm sorry. Part of the, part of it is, you know, hey man, if you are that level, if you get that level and you're like, you know what, I want to go to the Warriors, you can go there. You'll get scrutinized for a little bit. But guess what? At the end of the day, you'll have a still a Hall of Fame career. You'll be considered a top 20, 15, maybe 10, depending on where you rank, a player of all time. And you'll get your rings. So if you got a deal with some people on Twitter, I'm sorry, get over it. The only thing that's not cool is obviously losing your money for saying you want to do something. But, I mean, if, if people are going to say stuff, you can always be like, fuck you, I don't care. You can always say that. That is an always an open option for you to say, you know what, I don't care what you say. I'm going to go wherever I want. LeBron did, it's what KD did. It is what it is. All yeah. right. Unless you guys have anything else to say? No. Yeah. Moving on. Oh man, I know that was gonna be so interesting. Come on, Cleveland, man. Y'all really lost by 30. Damn. Hey man, hey, hey, the the tank is strong right now. Just know that. Y'all honestly at this point, y'all might as well just trade Kevin Love. Or just or just not even play, not even play him and Nance and just go for the tank. No, you can't do that because I don't, I don't think I don't think they're bad enough to, or I think I don't think they even they, even with them two, they're not good enough to 
compete against – they definitely can't compete against Western Conference teams, right? No. But with them two, I don't think they're good enough to where they'll make some jump to where they won't be in the bottom five in the Eastern Conference. So as long as the odds are randomized, then I'll take it. I was still playing Nance just because Nance is – Nance ain't like old, old. He probably like 27. Like Kevin Love like 32. Like, yeah, he, it's yeah, y'all shouldn't play him at all anymore. But like, I mean, like I said, they had their little Cinderella story at the start, and now they just fell back into reality. But they show people that there's potential, and that's all they had to do. <laughs> yeah, just just a, like just a taste. That's it. Yeah. Now we can keep it moving. We can get this top five draft pick, and in in the words of Paul Pierce, they gave them a taste. But they didn't give them the whole load. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, we're gonna move on now. Moving along, man. Ugh. The Knicks beat the Hawks 123-112. In this game, Trey Young went out there six and nineteen from the field, 23 points. But he did have 10 for 12 from the free throw line, only one for four from deep. Kevin Warch struggled, two for twelve from the field, minus 14 out there. Gallinari, even though he scores, he obviously can't play any defense. So another night, three for five from the field, seven seven from the free throw line, sixteen points with five fouls, minus fourteen out there. Collins again, who we know they want to trade, eight for fourteen from the field, he had nineteen points. But for the Knicks, quickly off the bench, sixteen points, four of eleven. You see Rose is working very well for them. Um, he's a plus eight off the bench in the story, obviously in this one. Julius Randall. 44 points, nine rebounds, five assists, seven of 13 from three, plus 17 out there. Dom, what'd you see in this one? Saw Julius Randle turn up. That's saw, uh, you know, we, we've been saying all season, like, you know, this guy, he, at first, when the Knicks had a good record, they, I mean, you know, they, it was never going to like last forever, but like, he was a fringe MVP candidate for like the first couple of weeks, but now he's at least he cemented himself as an All Star at this point. I think, I think if he doesn't make the All Star game, you know, like that's there's no way he should straight kicks a bonus right out the All Star game for real. Like honestly, like Julius Randle's been amazing this season, and this was just I think this is his career high. Yeah, and, you know. Yeah, and you know, he just he just turned up, and then you know he had a little bit of help from quickly. He had a little bit of help from RJ, mm-hmm. but you know, with some fresh legs under him, instead of you know being ran to the ground with with two with a back to back, you know, he had some fresh legs under him, and he played a team that doesn't play any defense and a floundering team at that because Atlanta has been struggling as of late. They, they showed promise against the Mavericks. Yeah, they showed promise. They showed promise against the Mavericks, who are so who also aren't amazing, but they have at least been on you know a solid win streak before the last game. But you know, it did. They just Atlanta's just done right now. They they faced too many injuries, and as we know, there's discontent with their two uh, with their two star players. And they want they want to trade the one that had that always has the higher plus minus, but hey man, they got it. 
exactly right. Darno, what your thoughts on this? I said on in the better games, you're exactly right. Um, yeah. I think there's a budding tension between Trey Young and John Collins that is going to hit a boiling point eventually because I think John Collins kind of gets frustrated with the way Trey Young plays sometimes. Yeah. And I see Trey Young shot one of four from three. Normally he gets a lot more three point attempts. I remember the last game we talked about how he took zero attempts, and that was something that we wanted to watch. But I think the John Collins rumors, it's kind of hurt the team a little bit, the trade rumors. And they haven't been able to get back to the level that they were playing at earlier in the season. I don't know if that's to do with the players that they're missing, having, you know, Bogdanovich out, having DeAndre Hunter, Rondo out. Maybe that can help them when they got when they get healthy. But the Hawks are struggling, and I don't know, man. I don't think they kind of recover and get back to the level that they were playing at earlier. But looking at the Knicks, no, it's a wrap. Yeah, it's a wrap. <laughs> but looking at the Knicks, Julius Randle, forty-four points, nine and five. Like, like you said, man, he's been playing at an all-star level. I don't know if he makes it. I don't think their record's good enough. And better kick the better kick motherfucking Sabonis right out that bitch. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see because especially the bench on an all-star game is chosen by the coaches. So they'll probably give him a nod over a guy like Sabonis, especially kind of he's heading into the all-star break hot. So yeah. I like I like what I've been seeing from the Knicks, especially since Derrick Rose arrived. He's kind of gave them some stability off the bench that they didn't have quickly. He's kind of a rookie, so he's kind of going to be up and down. He was good this game, 16 points. And I think the Knicks got a lot more games they can win. Yeah, like we were saying, one of the rare trades that kind of worked out for both teams, the Knicks have won three straight ever since they've gotten Derrick Rose. They've kind of climbed back into whatever the hell you call the mess at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Um, As far as the Hawks, I mean – I just remember at the beginning of the season, man, this guy called Trey Young a sleeper MVP, and I was definitely sleep on that. And I'm snoozing <laughs> right now. Bro, no, no, no. He can't do this. And then he, this man himself said, you know what? I think the Hawks can get the number one seed in the conference. Well, That's what he said. I did say that. You can't just, can't just do that. Should have followed my first intuition. I didn't uh-huh. think the Hawks. I didn't think the Hawks could make the playoffs coming into the season. I didn't think they could either. Then I saw him at the very beginning. I was like, you know what? But then Bogdanovich went out, and I realized who the real MVP is. Bogdanovich carries the whole team. <laughs> I thought they could be like. I thought they would make like a, like a bottom of the conference. I thought. I mean, I thought they would make like you know an eighth, seventh. That was what yeah. I thought heading into the season. I thought they were good enough for that. I just thought they had so much offense, but you know, if all the defense is gonna get hurt, I mean, if all the if all the players are gonna get hurt and they don't have any defense, then I mean, they're just missing more offense. So, true. Hunter not being there hurts too, but Trey isn't yeah. good. Yeah, so I thought he wasn't good enough, and, and now we're finding out passive aggressive. You can just tell. Yeah, I'll watch the game. If he doesn't get to the free throw line, he's really useless. And he got to the free throw line in the first half. 
And that's why it was a close game. The Knicks were starting to get pissed. They were in the bonus in the second quarter, and as you can see, guys are looking. Second quarter, the Hawks at 35. They were right in the game. They came back because they were, in the, again, he was just falling, falling, falling. In the second half, they are like, you know what? We're just not going to keep giving you that. Got a couple technicals on the Knicks because they were just pissed. They're like, bro, what the hell? Because you know they play physical, and Trey Young going to fall. But in the second half, they're like, nah, you got to do that. And then he had to actually start shooting the ball. And it was a GG. It was a good game. And, yeah. Yeah. When we, like, Darnell was just saying, like, Trey Young only took, like, four threes. Like, he, when they win most of their games, he really don't take a lot of threes. It's when he takes a lot of threes that they be losing, honestly. It's when he is when he just hardens his way to the free throw line for real. He takes a lot of yeah, he had misses them. That's when they lose. He took yeah. 10 free throws in the first half. And he finished with 12 in the game. Yep. Second quarter. It's all in one quarter. They got in the bonus and he said, I'm just gonna fall. But I mean he just the the, the biggest issue with Trey Young is that all season he can't hit his floater. He literally can't hit a floater. It's amazing, actually. Yeah. If he could hit that, they they would probably be a five hundred team. He just hasn't. That's literally, that's literally all they did. All he did last year was just make all of them. They was calling him Tony Parker, baby Tony yeah. Parker. And he literally can't now. It's very strange. It's very weird. I don't know what happened. It should be his easiest shot, and he just can't. I don't got nothing for you. Um. Yeah. Right, man. Moving. On Texaco here. The Jazz beat the Sixers 131-123. I will say, well, I think the Sixers should have found something out last night, even though they lost. Obviously, they didn't have Joel Embiid, but Tobias Harris, 26, I'm sorry, 36 points, 10 rebounds. He was a minus 11, but, you know, is what it is. Um, Simmons, 42 points, 12 assists. 12, yeah, 42-12. An amazing game for him. Nine rebounds. On 15 of 26 shooting. He was 12 of 13 from the free throw line. That's incredible. So Benson is really starting to pick it up. But if Kirk Miles is going to go out there, 0 for 5, yet again, minus 15. I don't understand it. What are we doing? Are we going to realize it or not? So we've been saying the whole season. Isaiah Joe goes out there for three minutes. He's a plus five. Hey, Doc. Hey, Doc. I'm going to wake up a little bit. Whatever the case may be. Um, Dwight Howard did go off the bench 14 12, but the issue was Max got to do everything because Corkmoth can't shoot. Um, and he was three for eight. It's just not going to be enough. Obviously, be a jazz team that we've seen is very balanced. And in this day, your sixth man of the year, you can wrap it up, give it a bow. Jordan Clarkson, 40 <laughs> points, 13 for 20 off the bench. I saw this man come in the game and literally shoot anything he wanted, and they were all just, yeah, and Bob Mitchell just did what he did in the starting lineup, nine for 24. Um, 20, 24 points, and I mean, Ingles was just right with Clarkson, just whatever he wanted. Crazy. I just knew it. That Simmons had 19 in the first quarter, and I was like, ah, they're not winning this game. But I was impressed with what I saw, and I'm going to tell you guys why. But, Darnell, what would you see out of this one? Yeah, for me, it came down to, for the Sixers, Ben Simmons had a career night, 42-12-9, like you said. Got to the free throw line, made 12 or 13. That's always a positive, especially a guy like Ben Simmons, who isn't the best free throw shooter in the world. But you got great contribution from Tobias Harris with his 36 and 10. No Joel Embiid. So you can't really take too much out of this game. So 
you got the the production that you did get. You have to be you have to be happy with. You put up 123 points, but it just happens to be the Utah Jazz who are playing like the best team in basketball right now, and they got the balance scoring that we always talk about out starting lineup. Jordan Clarkson is the guy that comes off the bench. He had a career night. He scored 40, and he made eight of 13 for three point line. So when you're hot like that, it's gonna be tough to beat, and especially a team that moves the ball as well as Utah and plays off each other so well. Even without, even in the absence of Mike Conley, they, they're still keeping it rolling, and I like what I see out of Utah. Yep. Seven straight wins without Mike Conley. Dom, what did you see out of this one? So, <clears throat> so some people, you know, we've mentioned this a couple times, right? But, you know, on Fridays or so, me and Demetrius like to play 2K. We put it on Twitch and everything. And, you know, we've been doing this for about, like, eight, nine months or so. So we started doing it in, like, 2K20. And, like, I haven't gotten the Sixers a lot this this year. So, But last year, when I would get the Sixers, towards the end, I was like, you know what? I want to I see something real quick. I want to figure something out. You probably know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, he, this guy is like, he's six, he's six ten, six eleven. He's strong. He can guard the post. He can get rebounds. He low key a center. And, you know, this is the first time that with Joel and beat out, they like fully committed to Ben Simmons being the center. Cause normally they put Dwight out there as center, but then they put Simmons out there as center. He had the best game in his career. This is the first time he's ever been the center. So I'm like, this is an interesting develop. I wonder if Doc sees it and he's going to be like, because, cause like, I was looking in the first quarter and then, like, the 76ers, you know, they're, um, they're starting five all had a better plus minus than the Jazz starting five just because he's faster than Gobert. Gobert's already not that good on offense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if he if, if, if he's just going to get hacked – then really him making his free throws, you know, 12, 13, he's never done that. So, you know, the fact that he made his free throws is crazy, but you know, it's just, there's mismatches if you put Simmons at, at center. Cause like, like I've said before, he's kind of similar to Draymond to an extent, but he's taller, he's stronger and he's faster. So and he's a better passer on top of it. So that's like a real mismatch. And if he's just not going to be able to shoot anyway, then you then you know it spaces the floor a lot more for everybody else. But what the game came down to was as soon as he stepped on the court, <laughs> I saw three minutes, 12 points. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> he was – I was – I was. Ta- I didn't watch it. I didn't watch the uh, – I didn't watch it, but my I was talking to my friend, and he was like, they they finally decided to put Thibel on him. I was like, who the fuck? Did, why didn't they put Thibel on him from the start? <laughs> like, I don't know who was guarding him at first. Did they have Maxi on him? Did they have Corkmaz on him? Like, I don't know who was on him. It didn't matter. Huh? It didn't matter who the fuck was on him. <laughs> yeah, I see it didn't in the long run. But yeah, Jordan Clarkson really came in and he just open he just opened the game up for Utah because Utah wasn't really scoring that well in the in the first quarter. The the 76ers had the advantage. And he he Ben Ben had 42 and Tobias had 36. 
and and Jordan Clarkson single handedly made that not matter <laughs> because that one dude off the bench was better than everybody on on Philly's bench and you know a couple of their starters on top of it. You add you add the whole bench together and Danny Green and Mike Scott and Jordan Clarkson scored more than all of them. <laughs> so you know I just I wouldn't say they didn't score well. I mean they scored 35 in the first quarter. The thing was it was just mm. Sixers didn't get any bench scoring. I'm in the first quarter, and I was like, yeah, this is not sustainable because Ben Simmons is just not going to play the whole game. And they lost yeah. the game, and I was like, and that's the end of that. And Clarkson was just doing whatever he wanted because, you know, our bench without shake stinks. So it was like, not only was he scoring, but then we would miss. And then he, I just, I just, I just want to know two things, right? Hopefully they start playing Simmons as like the backup five or whatever, however you want to call it. Yeah. yeah. He's the center and just let Simmons. Blah, blah, blah. That'll mean less time for Dwight Howard. I don't care. When Shake comes back, that would work actually perfectly fine because all they were doing was running pick and rolls with Simmons. And it's like, what the hell do you do? He's going to roll to the basket. You can't really stop that. But I mean, can we, can we please, can we be done with the cork moss shit, please? Like I've been saying it from the beginning of the season, man. He doesn't need to play. He had a few nice games. He always has a few nice games. He literally does this every season. But we're, we're past that point. We're back to the point where now he can't shoot <laughs> and he can't play defense. And Isaiah Joe literally went out there for three minutes. It was a plus five. The only positive off the bench. Can we just play the dude over Korkmaz? Because he can try to play defense. Like a little bit. Because if Korkmaz can't even dribble really anyway, the fuck is the point? Because you already you don't have the Maxi Milton shit. But you know what? Whatever. That's just... My opinion on it. I guess I'll just watch Doc keep doing this shit. It's not the Sixers have lost in a row. Yada, yada. I think this one we'd have lost whether we played Joe or not, but damn it. I don't like watching bad things out there, man. It's not looking great. All right, man. Moving on. The Nets beat the Kings 136-125. No KD yet again. No problem for the Nets. As Kyrie has acknowledged who the point guard is, and that just means he can just shoot the ball. Kyrie Irving, amazing <laughs> last night. 15 for 22. 9 for 11 from deep. 40 points. While James Harden went out there, 29 points, 14 assists, 13 rebounds. Andre Jordan came off the bench this game, 10 points, 8 rebounds, but he was a plus 22. So I think they're just figuring out. They said, you know what? Let's just start Jeff Green at center. They're going to get torched either way. But at least they can score more. Jeff Green went out there, 3-7 from deep. He was a minus 14, but hey, it is what it is. Someone's got to get beat. Um, for the Kings, they didn't have Rashawn Holmes. Like, that really hurt them out there because, hey, man, Whiteside was really their best player, 25 26 points, five blocks, 16 rebounds. Um, but Fox, eight for 17, 19 points, eight assists, and coming back from the injury, not as great as you'd want from him. Halliburton, fighting Halliburton's only 10 points for him. And Buddy Healy had a good game, six and nine from deep, 21 points, but they just couldn't combat that scoring performance. And somehow, Corey Joseph in the starting lineup, 22 points, five assists, minus two, career game for Corey Joe. So, Darnell, what'd you see out of this one? 
I, I saw pretty much from Brooklyn Kyrie Irving get into his bag. Like, this is what he does. He's a scorer. And when he doesn't, we've seen when he doesn't have to shoulder the load of facilitating, he can thrive. And that's the, the best role that, that you want to put him in. I remember when he was drafted, we wondered if he was going to be more like a Chris Paul or that was pretty much the comp for Kyrie Irving coming out was Chris Paul. And it was? We expe- yeah. We expected him because he had the handle. He, could, yeah. he had the vision. But we didn't know he could score the way he scored. And uh-huh. as he developed, it was like, no, he's not Chris Paul. He's more like a shooting guard. He plays more like Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Obviously, he's not Kobe, but he does his best impression of playing the shooting guard, and I think that's his most efficient role. And for James Harden, that's where he thrives as well, not having the shoulder low offensively scoring every night, pitching in when he has to. You know, obviously, he had 29 and 14 assists with his 13 rebounds, but I think once Kevin Durant gets back and they get more cohesive, they're going to be dangerous and they're going to be playing in the Eastern Conference Finals. I just don't know if they'll make it out of the West, out of the East just yet. And for Sacramento, obviously, having no Rashawn Holmes, they didn't have the same presence inside that they normally have, but they got good contributions out of Whiteside and Bagley played a nice game, probably one of the better games he's played, even though he was a minus nine with his 19 points. But, you know, give all credit to the Nets. I think they're finally figuring out. Go ahead, Dom. Went and dropped like five times. I was ahead and talk. Mm-hmm. Go I, ahead, I wasn't gonna say anything. Oh, okay. oh, you don't have anything to say? I was All just right. clearing my throat. I was just clearing my throat. I was letting them talk. <laughs> All, right. All right, so Dom doesn't um, really uh, no. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, you're kind of right. <laughs> You know, the the, the the Nets had a good game. You know, Kyrie Irving went out there. You know, he dropped his 40. Harden went out there. And they, they just, they just yeah, like you said, they've embraced their roles. One thing, cause it was funny that you were mentioning it, that you were mentioning, like, Kyrie and Cleveland. Because I remember him and Deion Waiters were, like, beefing over who's going to, like, score the ball. And, you know, Deion Waiters was like, man, I want to shoot the ball more than Kyrie. And everybody looked at him like, bro, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> they shipped him right to my – they shipped him right to Miami after he said that dumb shit. <laughs> so, yeah, Kyrie, Kyrie, at least since he's been in the league, he's been, you know, pretty much a shooting guard off the rip. And, you know, when LeBron was there, like, Kyrie was the shooting guard, but – I'm glad that, you know, now he finally embraced it and everything like that. And for, you know, Sacramento's sake, we know that when Sacramento really needs to be completely healthy in order to be a decent team, because as soon as one starter is missing, then they they don't win any games because then it just messes the rotation up. What they did, though, they've been trying to, you know, they try they're trying people out in the starting lineup because they see that Halliburton does have to come off the bench. And, you know, last time they tried, they tried Daquan Jeffrey. He went out there and did nothing in the starting lineups. And then they were like, you know what, let's try Corey Joe. And, you know, if Corey Joe going to be like the worst player in the starting lineup, 
Like I I know Dimitri said he's the worst player in the league, but he can't. Nah, he's capable. Like he's capable of doing something, huh? Said no, nah, it's DJ Augustine. Don't put words in my mouth. No, you you said it was Corey Joe too. You said DJ they were the Augustine. two worst. DJ Augustine, go ahead. So so you're off the Corey Joe hate now. Oh, he's still bad. I mean, anyone can score in the Nets. So let's not let's not get carried away. All right, let's relax. They didn't take him seriously. <laughs> he scored more than he scored more than everybody else. Because they took everybody else seriously. Man, just go ahead. Just go ahead. Just go ahead on. Did they take White Sox seriously? <laughs> yeah, but you know, like Brooklyn just had more firepower. They're just they're better than the Kings. It don't matter how much it don't matter what defense they're lacking, especially with the Kings. Like I said, have anybody missing? Did anybody out the starting lineup? And um, one thing we said, we were talking about this like off air one time, and you were like, "So, but um, Andre Roberson actually just signed a deal with the Nets. So some of the perimeter defense that we were talking about last time that they're missing, you know, if he's still a good perimeter defender, then you know it should be it should be helped out with the Roberson signing." And then, you know, Shumper still hasn't played yet. So it'll be interesting to see how their defense, you know, if their defense improves with them out there. Rachel's hubby is back in the league. Who the fuck? Another ex, another was... ex, a member of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Put them all back. The, 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 <laughs> Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Thunder. Putting the band back together. <clears throat> um, so... Moving on, the Bulls beat the Pacers in overtime, 120-112. This game was hilarious. I was watching the entire one, um, and I'll get into the details later. But real quick, Kobe White, 19 points, 8 assists. He's a plus 16. Best player on the team, Garrett Temple, plus 19, 16 points. Yeah. Doug Levine, 30 points, 9 rebounds, and 11 to 25 shooting. Dad Young, 6 of 8 off the bench. 13 points, 11 rebounds as the second best player on the team. Um, for the Pacers, hey Amen. Sabonis, 7-19, 11-14 from the free throw line. So he got to the line, 25, 25 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 blocks, 8 turnovers, 5 fouls. Minus 18. Brogdon, 23 points, 15 rebounds, 5 assists, 10 of 25 from the field. Um, Jesus. Oh, Justin Holiday, 514. He's a minus 19 out there. And Miles Turner, two for 10 from the field. He had six blocks, though. I think they had their season high in blocks and up at 14. Um, the fact that you thought I was going to pick this team, Dom, is hilarious. Pacers stink. I wanted you so they're, bad. <laughs> they're basically the Pistons at this point. Um, so you know, Not uh, Pistons. <laughs> They actually probably are. So, Dom, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, my my thoughts stand as much as Chicago likes to fold. They don't have Sabonis out there shooting jump hooks and missing them. Because even though he got to the line, you know, 14 times, you know, I'm still certain that those those 12 misses were all jump hooks. <laughs> Aside from the two threes, yep. <laughs> I'm certain the other the other ten misses were jump hooks. So, and then again, Brogdon just goes out there, and I'm, I don't know why the fuck he keeps shooting it thirty times. 
like he got the bag and then he and he he um he was he was right there he was i don't think he would have made the all-star team but he would have really been a consideration if he ain't just start being dumb out of nowhere <laughs> but i mean for the bulls you know Wendell Carter Jr. came back. So, you know, they had extra, extra center production that they were missing, even though Daniel Gafford didn't play. I don't know if he didn't play because they don't want him to play or if he didn't play because he was hurt. But, no, Wendell Carter Jr. came back, only played 20 minutes. He was probably on restriction. But, you know, as, as, as on and off as Zach Levine may be, you know, he's still better than them. And so is Kobe White. So, the Pacers are definitely – it's funny because they really are like the fourth – they really do have like the fourth or fifth best record in the East too. So. They do, but they're sinking says, fast. They are sinking fast. They just started off on that really hot streak that was never going to last. They were like they were like what the Magic normally are. Yep. You know how the Magic normally starts off like the best record in the league for like the first 10 games and then wind yep. up as eighth? That's pretty much what the Pacers are looking like. The, the Magic are going to do it, too, if the entire team didn't get injured. So, Magic were definitely better than the Spacers team. But the yeah, they are. Too, so. They were expecting Karis LeVert, to be fair. Um, Darnell, what were your thoughts? For me, I think it comes down to Zach Levine trying to make this all-star break and trying to make yeah. the game, like – Zach Levine's been ever since we ripped him on the podcast, he's been playing like the all-star. He's been putting up 30s and 40-point games. And tonight, even though he was 11 of 25, 4 of 9 from the three-point line, it didn't matter because they got Wendell Carter back. So they got some inside presence. They got Kobe White to play an efficient. Well, he wasn't efficient, 7 of 18, but he was productive with his 19. They got some production off the bench with Sadoransky. He hit a couple threes. Daddy is young. He's been playing great off the bench all year. He had 13 and 11. And for the Pacers, they, they're just just like just like we talked about with Atlanta. They're another team that had started off really hot and they're kind of sinking a little bit. And we'll see how far they drop. But I don't think Indiana's playing nearly at the level that they were earlier in the season. And I, I think they really need Karis LeVert back and hopefully they can get TJ Warren back to get him a scoring punch because we've seen whenever they're led by Sabonis and Brogdon, they have a cap and a ceiling and they hit that ceiling again. It's, it's One thing about Levine is that <clears throat> for what we said about Levine, mainly Demetrius, but like the thing about Levine is that He's been putting up these numbers all season. Like he's he's actually averaging like fifty one and a half percent from the field and forty three percent from three. Like his and he's shooting uh twenty eight points a game. Like his efficiency and his scoring is amazing. Mm-hmm. The problem is when it comes down to that last minute, <laughs> then you <laughs> feel me. <laughs> then you never know what's going to happen with the guy. Well, you know what's going to happen. First off, first off. So now that um, Sabonis and Brogdon, they were fine until they decided to just that they were the stars of the team, which they didn't really have to decide. They could have just kept going where they were going. Sumner clearly showed he could score. The holidays were doing great. Lamb was scoring. 
and it was fun. They also, by the way, didn't have Doug McDermott to take up some shots, so they were like, oh, we're definitely going to shoot this bitch. Oh, yeah. Um, And TJ tried, man. TJ did all he could. He had, the, he had one of the best plus minus. It was a minus eight. Um, but Jeremy Lamb came off the bench this game, and he was really just five of eight out there. Um, the problem was Bonus and Brogdon wouldn't pass the ball. McConnell was really eight for nine, and <clears throat> watched these dudes take dumb shots. Um, now the Pacers have lost. They've they're now three and seven in their last ten. Um, so that's how bad they're going. As for the as for what actually happened in the game, so late in the game, right? I'm watching. Um, they actually had Levine on the bench because they went into the fourth quarter of the Bulls. It was a nine point lead. They let the lead completely evaporate, and then they put Levine in the game. And I was like, damn, they really didn't give Levine any type of lead at all. Levine comes in. He's basically he basically hit. I want to say like half of them. He's hitting them. He's missing them. He's hitting them, but he had to shoot it because everyone else had clearly shown that they had altered, right? Um. So and then you know the Pacers were missing and hitting them. I think Sabonis had a late. I remember correctly. So, yeah, Bulls were down to Levine gets a corner three, hits it. I was like, damn, can't say anything about Levine now. I was like, all right, he won the game. So, bonus went out there, next possession, had a layup, missed it because he sucks. And then they went out there, um, fouled Levine. Levine goes to the free throw line, hits the first one, misses the second because, of course, he does. Rodden goes out there, sends it to overtime because, of course, he did. And then I'm just like, man, so they all just suck, right? And then in overtime, what happened is <coughs> who actually won them the game, Kobe White hit a shot, Garrett, I think it was a three. I know Garrett Temple hit a three, and Thad hit a shot, and Valentine hit a three. So it was really everybody else in overtime. For the Bulls, they went away. And, of course, you know, Sabonis and Bryden kept shooting the ball and missing it. Misses jump hooks. Yep, missed every one. <laughs> and that's how the game ended up. It was hilarious to watch. It was very funny. I was like, ah, uh, so everything I said was bro, right. What? Bro, I I keep trying to, bro. The dude hits the threes. He does not. It's like it's like when he shoots the fucking mid-ranges and the layups, he misses them shits. But when it's a three, he, he makes it. It's weird. <laughs> he makes the clutch threes. It's just everything else is ass. Oh, yeah, yeah, he did have a chance for the game winner, and he missed it as well. That sent the game to overtime. He had 10 seconds left, and for some reason, shot a fall away baseline jumper. And I was like, why won't you just go to the basket? I know why he won't go to the basket, though. But he just missed the layup, but still. And Levine. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I told you that one time. I was like, I was like, I was so glad that the Wizards were up two and not three. Cause he makes the he makes the game winning threes. He just well not the game winning, but he makes like the game tie in threes at least. He don't make none of the mid range shit. He don't make none of the twos though. It's crazy. He don't even make the free throws. He really only make the threes. He knows the threes gonna be on the highlight reel. That's why. <laughs> don't understand it, but whatever. Hey man, Bulls got the win. Happy I picked them over that trash ass team. Not picking the Pacers. If I can avoid it ever again. Um, moving on, the Wizards beat the beaten down Rockets, 131-119. This is a tough game. I mean, you know, a no Christian Wood, no Oladipo, and they just really didn't have answers. John Wall tried it, 29 points, 11 assists. Not even PJ. Oh, yeah, no PJ either. Yeah, PJ's been hurt for a while. Um, no Eric Gordon either. Oh, yeah, that's right. They didn't have Eric Gordon. They didn't have anybody. 
Damn. Does it end up winning by Damn, Wall? Yep. Destroyed. He tried. Tried the best he could. Uh, for the Wizards, though, they're on a three-game winning streak now. Don't look now. Bradley Beal, 37 points, eight rebounds. Russell Westbrook. They are. Bubble, 16 points, 15 assists, 13 rebounds for Russ. Um, off the bench, Bertans, 18 points. I will say they did have injury problems, and Raul Neto kind of came up because now they have another guy they can go to when Ish Smith isn't there. And they put Danny Avija back on the bench. He's a plus six off the bench. They decided to stop starting him. They started the hero, Gary Matthews, who has tried to save the team. Um, <laughs> Wagner have continued to produce in the starting lineup as well, both of them getting three-plus steals out there. Very interesting game. Uh, so, Darnell, what did you see out of this one? Yeah, I think the Wizards are finally showing life. I think, you know, Russell Westbrook hasn't been playing that well, but 16 points, 15 assists, 13 rebounds. Can't ask for more from him. He was 8 for 22. Obviously, you want to see him try to get his field goal percentage kind of on the right track, but that's never Bradley, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a tough ask. <laughs> but anytime Bradley Bill does what he does and scores his normal average, they're going to be in a lot of games. And only, only if they get the contribution from the other guys. And they got it from Robin Lopez with 12, Nato with 12, 18 for Bertans. 15 for Wagner. Like they get if they can get that balanced production out of the other guys and Bradley Bill can do what he's been doing all season, they can win some games. They're not gonna win a lot of them, but they can win more games than they've shown. And Houston's obviously just beat up and they had Nawaba out there scored 19, but a minus 19. John Wall did all he could with 29 and 11, but they only had nine players out there playing with no Eric Gordon, no P.J. Tucker. So I think they, they're they going to struggle until they can get Christian Wood back out there. So for now, they just got to try to scratch and claw to get any kind of win they can. Yeah. Um, Dom, what would you say out of this one? So, <clears throat> I mean – you know, John Wall was really out there by himself. He shot the ball 30 times. He never shoots the ball 30 times. He just knew that he had to do everything out there. So, you know, they were never going to win this game. But really, what it comes down to with the Wizards is that, like, other people just have to contribute. Like, you know, Bradley does it all he can. You know, he averages about 35. If he put up 37 a day, you know, Westbrook, he's going to give you his his triple-double and everything like that. But really what it came down to is if Bertans and, and Wagner are making their shots, <clears throat> that's what makes the team dangerous because they're three-point shooters and neither of them can really play like that great of defense. But if you can get any sort of offensive production out of them, then you know. They're not completely useless out there, and that's all they have to be. You just need people out there that's not that's not going to be completely useless, you know. If they if they're so if they're able to hit their shots, like <clears throat> Neto, like he was like like Demetrius was saying, Neto can at least just bring the ball up the court so that Westbrook and Beal don't have to touch it all the time. Right, and right. that's you know that's his value, and he can like play a decent defense. That's why he was the second plus second highest plus minus out there. He was just the other dude handling the ball whenever the other two went. And then, you know, Denny came off the bench, you know, didn't have to do too much 
so he wasn't exposed too bad and there was really nobody to expose him because as soon as John Wall was off the court, there's nobody else on the team. So, you know, I mean, the Wizards just took advantage of a broken down team and that's who they've been beating recently. They beat the, um, who they, who they beat? They beat the Celtics. They beat the Rockets and we know the Celtics are just a disaster right now, but they beat the Celtics. They beat the Rockets. They beat somebody else. For their three-game winning streak, like the Wizards are good enough to beat bad teams. They're kind. They're similar to the. They're similar to the Pistons because they really do be fighting with teams. A, a, a lot of times, sometimes they get blown the fuck out, but a lot of times they do be fighting with teams. And then, like, if they can catch a team on a bad night, they really can capitalize. Just because Beal is that good of a scorer, and you know, if if the offense is able to contribute enough. He's able to get enough support, then you know they're capable of beating a lot of teams, as we saw. Well, not a lot, but they're capable of beating you know a few teams. So, as we saw them do with Brooklyn, and you know, so that's what I saw from the Wizards. The Wizards are a bad team, but they're not as bad as their record shows. They just they just need contribution from the other players, because if Wagner or Bertans when if if Wagner or Bertans was cold, they were losing this game. So Bertans has been hurt half the year, but he's yeah, he's definitely the key to the team because he just comes out there. I think it's both of them. I think it's Wagner and Bertans. Yeah, probably it's both of them. Either way, yeah. my man Russ plus one out there, and they get the dunk. Look at that. Oh, he got B plus one. Amen. So moving on to the last game of the night, the Clippers beat the Heat 125-118. This is a tough one, man, because the Heat were they didn't have Drogic, but other than they didn't have Drogic and they didn't have Bradley, but other than that, they were completely healthy. Playing a team with no Kawhi, no Paul George, no Pat Bev, the three best players gone, and they end up losing this one anyway. Jimmy Butler, 38 minutes, 10 for 19, 30 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists in the loss. And 36 minutes, 27 points, 12 rebounds, 7 assists, but none. Two of six out there, minus 17 in starting lineup. Um, Duncan, only 3 of 11 from deep. Tyler Hero, 11 for 20 from the field. He had 27, but he was a minus 8 out there. Just a tough scene for them. And Iggy, for some reason, continues to play 21 minutes. He's a minus 10. Um, and for the Clippers, I mean, Marcus Morris, 32 <coughs> points on 11 of 15 shooting, six of eight from three, just abusing Kelly Olin. That's what I have to assume the matchup was. Um, yeah. Williams, eight for 20 out there, 18 points, 10 assists. So you just got to shoot a, a shot, a bunch of shots. And off the bench, Zubac, 22 points, just destroying either Harkless or Precious, whoever they wanted to put on him. Yikes, Kennard plus 15 off the bench, 10 points, four assists, four rebounds. This guy, Coffee came out of nowhere, 15 points for the Clippers. Man, oh, man. Dom, what did you see out of this one? I saw <clears throat> saw a trash-ass team. That's what I saw. How I was looking at this. I was like, because the, the Clippers were up at halftime, I was like, bro, there's just no way that – like we gave them the excuse at first, you know, because it, it it was a it was a fair excuse. They were missing everybody. Their whole team was gone for like the first you know few weeks, so 
you know, Miami's record plummeted and they're back at like 10th now. But it's just like you can't lose to a team that don't have their three best players out there. <laughs> like, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what to make of this team. I think, <clears throat> like we were saying before, they should have traded Kendrick while his value was higher. I mean, this was just a bad game for him, but you know, if they, if I, I don't know, I don't know what they're just, I don't know how they feel about him. He's shown, he's shown inconsistencies all throughout, like his two years there. So, you know, he's, he's liable to give you a 30 point game, but then he's also liable to give you a six. And the problem is the whole team is filled with people like that. Yes. So, so if anything, trade one of the people that do that while their while their value is high. I know Tyler's like, you know, Tyler's their 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 golden child right now. So I don't think they'll deal with him. But with Kendrick, you know, they should have traded him after he had like those those hot games. It's like the magic or whoever they could have traded them they could trade him too. And then you know, just did that. But you can't just have a team full of inconsistent players. Cause then this is what the outcome's gonna be. And it's the same thing. It's like the same thing I was saying with the Wizards. The Wizards aren't necessarily a bad team. Just like the Heat aren't necessarily a bad team. It's just they have so many inconsistent players that, like, if any of them are cold, then it's a it's a L because the problem is both teams don't play defense. Is really the 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 Wizards really don't have any defenders, but the the Heat only got Jimmy and like. Did he really only have Jimmy and uh, uh, Bam playing defense? Because, you know, Precious is a rookie, so, you know, his, his positioning probably just isn't there yet. And Iggy's just gone. So, if if it's just going to be Duncan, Kendrick, and Tyler out there not playing any defense. And then Iguodala is still going to play out there knowing that he can't play, like, when they know he can't play any defense anymore, then, you know, it's just not going to be much that they're able to do if 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 the offense isn't able to contribute. Nope. Darnell, what'd you see out there? Yeah, for me, the Clippers, it's the second game in a row that they've played without Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and they've been able to get victories. Obviously, the Cavs aren't a good team, so you take that with a grain of salt, but they proved that they can beat a good team. Well, I wouldn't say Miami's a good team right now, but a team that's shown flashes that they can play at uh, elite level in the Eastern Conference, obviously making the finals last year. But this year, the Heat aren't the same team. They're a team that's missing perimeter defense. They can't guard anybody. I don't think that they have the same chemistry offensively that they had last year. They're still figuring out their rotations. There's a lot. It's a lot that you want to see out of, you know, Miami, even though they didn't have Gordon Dragic, they didn't have Avery Bradley. They haven't had Avery Bradley for a while now, but they've got to figure out if they want to make some moves because something's got to change if they want to salvage this season. And I think that the way they're playing right now, it's not a lot of hope in Miami. And for the Clippers, you know, not much you can really say, like, you know, you got good contributions from Marcus Morris and Lou Williams. Zubak was amazing off the bench. You got other role players pitching in and double figures. And we know the team 
that we saw last night isn't the team we're going to see any uh, at any point in the season. So once Kawhi Leonard and Paul George get out there, we can make, you know, judgments on the Clippers. But I think this story was about Miami and how they're struggling. Yeah, Miami yeah. went out there and they shot eight for 30. Yeah, yes. Yeah, last night was a very strange night, kind of unpredictable, but predictable in the same way because of all the injuries and a lot of high performances. Tonight, oh, this is going to be fun. Um, everybody dropped 40, huh? Everyone <laughs> dropped 40 on some bum-ass niggas out there last night. <laughs> Somebody was dropping 40. He <laughs> dropped on their head. But, hey, man, we got the Nuggets, Celtics tonight at 7. TNT, Pelicans, Grizzlies. Not sure why they took that over Raptors, Bucks, but, hey, it is what it is. So, Pelicans, Grizzlies at 8. Raptors, Bucks also at 8. Actually, I see why they took that over Raptors. Don't you say you're tired of that, man? I am. But it's still kind of like Pelicans, Grizzlies, though. I guess, I guess it's Zion. It's Zion. Zion. Supposed to be Zion and Ja, you know. Yeah, I know. I guess we, I just know now that Stan Gunny's an idiot. And, hey, man, this is the one, though, 1030. I don't know if I'm going to stay up and watch it, but Nets, Suns, that's fire. That is a really good game. Should be fun. Yeah, that is. Yeah. No Kevin Durant, but still. That might make it more interesting, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. I'm interested to see. I Anyway, we we, we will see. Um, what happens with those, but let's get into everyone's favorite part of the day. Game of the day, player of the day, coach of the day, dickhead of the day. Darnell, who you got? All right, for me, I'm going to go player tonight. I'm going to go with Jordan. I'm going to go with Jordan Clarkson with 40 points off the bench. I was going to go Kyrie Irving because he was 9-11 from the three-point line, but I'm going to change that to Jordan Clarkson because he only played 29 minutes, did it off the bench, made eight threes, and he had one assist. And I'm proud of him for having one assist because if he would have 40 points and zero assists, it would have been a lot more funny. But I think the game of the night was probably, obviously, Chicago and Indy because it went to overtime. Every other game was – not that close, really. And my coach of the night is I'm going to go Tom Thibodeau because he kind of unleashed Julius Randle. He has him playing at the best, at the kind of at the best level of his career and playing at the level that he was when he was coming out of high school. I don't know if you guys remember, but he was the number one player in the country when he was heading into Kentucky his freshman year. And he didn't really play at that level that freshman year or the first few years in, with the Lakers. But it looks like he's finally starting to find his groove. And for my dickhead of the night, I just got to go with the Cavs, man, because they suck. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Tom, Tom, what are your answers? All right. So, um, player of the night. Just because you said Clarkson, I want to give Julius Randle some shine for putting up 44 career high and be almost cementing himself as an all-star. Because if you don't make it now, 
people are really gonna be like, what the fuck is happening? Game of the night, Chicago, Indiana as well. Player of the night, the best coach in Cavaliers history, Ty Lue for the for the uh for the Clippers. And then dickhead of the day. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Pat Riley for not trading Kendrick Nunn and getting somebody useful. My player of the night as well is Julius Randle. He was amazing. Killed them fools. Um, game of the night, Bulls Pacers was high-level comedy. Watch everybody sell down the stretch. Um, That's what you love. Yep. It was just funny to watch, man. Coach of the night, Ty Lue beating the Heat. Had no business winning that game. Um, so now we know that Paul George can't blame him if they end up selling. And – <laughs> is that is that why you gave him coach of the day? <laughs> That's exactly why. Let's rack him up with coach of the days, so we know Paul we all don't have any. <laughs> yeah. So we all know what the real reason is. And my dickhead of the day is actually going to be the Hawks organization because they are about to do something so stupid. They they are showing me signs of being scared of Trey Young to the point where they won't let John Collins criticize Trey Young for going out there and being 6 of 19 every night and losing them games. And in that, they will trade John Collins and ruin the franchise. So for that, this is foresight, dickhead of the day, but I can see it coming. I see the writing on the wall, and it's happening. I wonder what they, I wonder what they trade him for. I don't – something stupid. That's all – it's the only thing you could possibly trade John Collins for. Something dumb. There's literally this John Collins for Peyton Pritchard. John Collins for Peyton Pritchard, Robert Williams, and <laughs> first. And first. Okay. There you go. Anyway, man, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, hope you guys enjoyed. Tonight's going to be another fun night in the NBA. Um, and for Darnell and Dominic, and I appreciate you. What? I was about to say, do you know how fun it would be to be a GM or just to see a team like Atlanta just waiting to be taken advantage of where you can give them something stupid and really get John Collins? <laughs> 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 like they're just dangling their best player right there in free agency for no reason. When he like 23, I'd be like, bro, take it all. Take whatever you the fuck you want, bro. What the hell? Another Christian Wood. Yeah, exactly. And that's why Detroit and Atlanta will not be going anywhere anytime soon. Damn. Put them in there with Detroit. Anyway, man. We appreciate it. And uh, until next time. Next Triple time. D's deuces. <laughs>